welcome to the Week in Review for the week of December 10. I'm Rubina Margosian, and in the news this week, Azerbaijani forces opened fire along Armenia's eastern border this afternoon, leaving one soldier dead and several others wounded. Five Armenian POWs have been detained after their return for violating the duties of military service. The International Court of Justice orders provisional measures for Armenia and Azerbaijan. Today at around noon, Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire in the direction of Armenia's eastern border, as a result of which one Armenian soldier was killed and several others were wounded. As of 2.30 p.m., the shootout has stopped. There were shootings on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border near Armenia's eastern Gerarkunik region during the previous two days as well. Two soldiers were wounded on November 9. On December 4, 10 POWs were returned to Armenia. Five of them were detained yesterday for violating the duties of military service. The Armenian servicemen were captured after the November 16 Azerbaijani offensive against Armenia's southern borders. They were returned to Armenia in exchange for maps of landmines that were placed in the regions of Artsakh, which are now under Azerbaijani control. The issue of investigating the circumstances under which Armenian servicemen have fallen captive has been a controversial topic in Armenia since Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan announced in Parliament back on November 17 that each case needs to be investigated to make sure that the servicemen did not breach the military code of conduct. The topic again came to the forefront of social media discussions when on December 7 this week a candidly filmed video was leaked in which Armenia's Parliament Speaker Alan Simonian is heard saying that some soldiers put down their weapons and fled as a result of which they got lost and were eventually detained by the Azerbaijani side. On the subject, Rustam Muradov, who is the deputy commander of Russia's southern military district and also served as the head of the Russian peacekeeping mission in Artsakh, announced this week that while all Azerbaijani POWs have been returned, work is still ongoing to return the Armenian POWs. He stated that it is the mission of the Russian peacekeepers to return all Armenian prisoners of war and they will fulfill their mission. Muradov also noted that since the end of the war, 1,960 bodies have been found and returned to the respective sites, that's both to Armenia and Azerbaijan. And this week, one more body was retrieved by the Armenian side during search operations, bringing the number of total bodies returned to Armenia after the war to 1,703. Last week, we reported that a 65-year-old Armenian citizen had lost his way and crossed into the territory under Azerbaijani control. He was detained by Azerbaijani armed forces, and later it was confirmed that he had been killed. An investigation was launched with the participation of prosecutors from Artsakh and the Russian peacekeeping mission. The Artsakh prosecutor's office reported that the Azerbaijani soldier who killed the Armenian citizen has been identified. There is also surveillance video evidence from the Armenian side which will be presented to the Russian side. Two days after the incident, the Russian peacekeeping mission in Artsakh reported that the Azerbaijani side has launched an investigation into the incident. And the International Court of Human Rights announced its decision on the provisional measures requested by Armenia this week. Armenia had applied to ICJ on September 16, accusing Azerbaijan of violating the Convention on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. In its application, Armenia had also requested provisional measures demanding that Azerbaijan release all Armenian POWs and 
and detainees pending release, treat all POWs and detainees with respect and protect them from harm, refrain from espousing hatred of people of Armenian ethnicity, including by closing the military trophies park, protect the rights to access and enjoy Armenian cultural heritage sites, and prohibit and punish their destruction and alteration, facilitate efforts to protect and preserve Armenian cultural sites, to not aggravate the existing dispute, regularly report to the court on all measures. The court issued three provisional measures against Azerbaijan, namely to protect all persons captured in relation to the 2020 conflict who remain in detention from violence and bodily harm and ensure their security and equality before the law, to take all necessary measures to prevent the incitement and promotion of racial hatred and discrimination targeted at persons of Armenian national or ethnic origin, including by Azerbaijani officials and public institutions, and to take all necessary measures to prevent and punish acts of vandalism and destruction affecting Armenian cultural heritage, including but not limited to churches and other places of worship, monuments, landmarks, cemeteries, and artifacts. The measures issued by the court ratified three of Armenia's four requests. Azerbaijan had followed suit and filed a claim against Armenia at the ICJ on September 23, also accusing Armenia of violating the Convention on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. Azerbaijan also asked the courts to implement provisional measures against Armenia to enable the demining of landmines laid by Armenia in Azerbaijani territory, including by providing maps of landmine locations to not plant any new landmines in Azerbaijani territory, prevent organizations, including VOMA, from inciting racial hatred against Azeris and stop incitement based on false statements attributed to Azerbaijanis, preserve evidence related to allegations of ethnically motivated crimes against Azerbaijanis, and also not to aggravate the existing dispute and to regularly report to the court on all measures taken. The court issued only one provisional measure against Armenia, requesting that Armenia take all necessary measures to prevent the incitement and promotion of racial hatred, including by organizations and private persons in its territory. A common provisional measure was imposed on both countries, asking both parties to refrain from any action which might aggravate or extend the dispute before the court or make it more difficult to resolve. Provisional measures ordered by the Court of International justice are binding on the parties. If a party does not comply with them, then it's possible the non-compliance could become a matter before the UN Security Council. And last week, Armenia's foreign minister was in Stockholm participating in the 28th Ministerial Council, where on December 3, Arat Mirzoyan was expected to meet with his Azerbaijani counterpart, Jehum Bayramov. On December 4, however, Azerbaijan's foreign ministry representative stated that the meeting between the ministers did not take place because a parliamentary delegation from Armenia had visited Artsakh for a joint parliamentary hearing. Azerbaijan called this a provocation from the Armenian side. And also on December 4, the co-chairs of the OSE Minsk Group, that is, United States, Russia, and France, issued a joint statement expressing regret that it was not possible to hold a meeting between the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan in Stockholm. They reiterated their readiness to host such a meeting as soon as circumstances allow. Three days later, the foreign ministers of the OSE Minsk Group co-chair countries also issued a joint statement expressing support for the resumption of direct dialogue between Armenia and Azerbaijan 
Pakistan under the auspices of the Minsk Group co-chairs. The co-chair countries also called on the sides to refrain from inflammatory rhetoric and provocative actions and to implement in full the commitments they undertook on November 9, 2020 and reconfirmed on November 26, 2021. The co-chair countries also expressed concern regarding recent incidents on the non-demarcated Armenia-Azerbaijan border and reaffirmed that the use of threat of force to resolve border disputes is unacceptable. The co-chair countries also reminded Armenia and Azerbaijan of their obligation to comply with the requirements of international humanitarian law and urged the sides to immediately lift all restrictions on international humanitarian organizations accessing conflict affected areas and populations. They also encouraged the sites to welcome the co-chairs to the region as soon as possible to allow them to assess the situation on the ground firsthand. And on this note, Azerbaijan was elected this week a member of the UNESCO Committee for the Protection of Cultural Property in the event of armed conflict with a four-year term. The principles of the committee entail not only the protection and respect of cultural property during an armed conflict, but also provide security measures to be implemented in times of peace. Azerbaijan, as a reminder, targeted Armenian cultural monuments both during and after the 44-day war. Moreover, it has refused a visit of a UNESCO fact-finding mission to Nagorno-Karabakh so far. And Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, continues to speak about uh, the Zangezur corridor, although it is not mentioned in any official document. On December 7, Aliyev demanded that Armenia announce the date of the opening of the Zangezur corridor, otherwise there will be consequences, he said. Azerbaijan's president also claimed that Armenia is being dishonest in the issue of opening communication routes. In response to Aliyev's statements, Armenia's foreign ministry announced that none of the agreements reached between Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan Azerbaijan, that is November, the statement of November 9, January 11, and November 26, mentioned that Armenia has to provide a corridor or a sovereign road to Azerbaijan. According to Armenia's foreign ministry, Aliyev's comments oppose the language of the previous statements, contradict the agreements reached within the working group and the Sochi meeting, pursue destructive and provocative objectives, and threaten the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Armenia. The Armenian foreign ministry also stated that Armenia is committed to all its obligations and is ready for the speedy implementation of all the articles of the joint statements. The list of measures and a timetable for the process of opening and restoring regional communications, that is roads and railways, as being discussed within the framework of the working group, the activities of which are being undermined by the provocative rhetoric of Azerbaijan, said the statement. In more regional news, a uh, first preliminary meeting of the proposed 3 plus 3 format, uh, or I should say 3 plus 2 format, which now includes Armenia, Azerbaijan, um, Russia, Turkey, and Iran, uh, is scheduled to take place today in Moscow. Georgia will not be participating. Official Tbilisi has stated many times that it does not intend to participate in any regional cooperation format with Russia until the latter ceases the occupation of its territory. The remaining participating countries will be represented by their respective deputy foreign ministers. Armenia Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan reaffirmed in Parliament on November 8 that Armenia is willing to participate in the 3 plus 3 cooperation format. However, it does not intend to discuss topics which are already being negotiated under the auspices of other organizations such as the opening of communication routes and the demarcation and the limitation issues. No updates from the meeting are available at this time.
And on the backdrop of the 3 plus 3 regional cooperation format, Iran, Georgia, and Azerbaijan have reached an agreement for establishing a transit route connecting Iran to the Black Sea. The route will go from Iran's Astara port to Baku, then to Georgia, and from Georgia to Bulgaria and other Eastern European countries, bypassing Armenia. And in other news, Romanos Petrosian, who is a member of the ruling Civil Contract Party board, has been appointed as the head of the State Supervision Service of Armenia. Previously, Romanos Petrosian served as Armenia's Minister of Environment and before that was the governor of Kodaik. And I have the Honor Alliance Parliamentary Faction member Ishkan Zakarian has left the faction and will act as an independent parliamentarian from now on. Zakarian has served as a parliament member previously as part of the Hanra Betutun Republic Party and the Prosperous Armenia Party and the also Tsarukian Alliance. He has also held the position of the president of the Audit Chamber of Armenia and head of Armenia's Olympic Committee. And Armenia's former police chief, Vladimir Gasparian, is facing criminal charges. He is being accused of legalizing criminally obtained property worth 2 billion Armenian drums while holding various high-ranking positions between 2000 and 2018. Preliminary investigation is underway. However, Armenia's prosecutor general's office has already filed a motion to confiscate the property belonging to Gasparian and his family. Gasparian and his family will have to explain in court how they obtained their properties. This is already the second case in court in relation to the law on illegal enrichment adopted last year. On December 9, Armenia's constitutional court decided that once elected as parliament member, any person who's been detained has to be released because they acquire immunity. Parliamentary opposition members had applied to the Constitutional Court following the early June elections on behalf of Armenia Alliance faction members Armen Charchan, Mkhitar Zakarian, and Artur Sarkisyan, who were elected to parliament but remained under detention. Armen Charchan was charged with coercing votes during the campaign period before the June elections. Mkhitar Zakarian, the former mayor of Megri, and Artur Sarkisyan, the former mayor of Sisyan, were charged with abuse of power and corruption. All three have already been Released. On December 5, the last round of municipal elections were held in 36 communities across Armenia. Armenia's ruling civil contract party registered victory in 25 of these communities. However, it was defeated in Armenia's third largest city, Vanazor, as well as relatively larger towns, Abovian and Masis. In Vanazor, the alliance formed by former mayor Mamikon Aslanian received 36% of the votes, meaning they have to form a coalition with other parties, and in Masis, the alliance formed by the incumbent mayor David Hambartsumian won the elections. Hambartsumian, however, is facing criminal charges for attacking protesters in 2018. The Prosperous Armenia Party received 26% of the votes in Abovian and will also have to form a coalition with other parties to take office. This was the last part of the three-part municipal elections. The previous two were held on November 14 and October 17. And now to the latest COVID updates. The number of daily infections has fallen significantly in Armenia. On average, only 5% of tests have been positive this week. The number of weekly deaths has also decreased. This week, 123 people died of COVID, while in the previous weeks, the number exceeded the 200. Over 25% of Armenia's adult population has been fully vaccinated, while over 41% have already received their first shot. And this was it for this week. Please stay tuned. We'll be back with you next week. <laughs>